Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm going to be honest with you, Jordan. Thank you. I'm kind of, I know this is a comedy show, but I'm kind of dealing with something right now. Oh my gosh. Let, no, let's be, listen, Jesse, people don't listen to podcasts to laugh. They want, they want people to get real raw and uncensored. With stories of women getting murdered. Yeah. If you got one of those, Ooh, yeah. Pull that out. Ooh, yum. I don't, sadly. No. It's just something that I feel like we have an intimate enough relationship with our listeners. Mm, yes. Although to be clear, we would prefer if anyone with an intimate relationship with us not listen to this show. <laughs> yeah. It'll make you disgusted at the sight of us. Yeah. Please, mom, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to John Dickerson's show. <laughs> I mean, that's good overall advice, yeah. you know? Why listen to this when you could listen to the... Yeah, the Slate Culture Gab Fest is right there. If you've already listened to it this week, re-listen to it. They literally do five NPR pop culture happy hours a week that you could listen to mm-hmm. instead of this. I did one this week. Really? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's great. Well, why wouldn't it be with those wonderful people? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some of the best people. They're probably not dealing with shit. You were like going to get into it. You were going to get real raw and uncensored. Do you think people can handle that? If I like it's something pretty heavy. Jesse, not only can they handle it, they're drooling for it. They're salivating like a Pavlovian dog for your fucking honesty, for your rawness, for your realness. They want it. They want to know about the shit that's going on in that fucked up brain of yours that fucking brain that produces the content they love they want to know about all the fucking bloody ghosts rattle around in there with their chains oof gimme now you know jordan that i'm pretty twisted yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i've been to brunch with you i know you're twisted i've seen you after a couple of mimosas Get a couple of mimosas in this guy, and he starts talking about killing the Batman, bringing together all of Gotham's criminals to take down the Batman once and for all. Yeah, this guy's twisted. So this is something that has been weighing on me a lot. It's something I've talked to. I mean, you know, I start having dreams about it. Yeah. I talked to my therapist about it. I've talked to my wife about it. God, please and let I've... this be an, a bit and not an actual sad thing you're going to talk about. <laughs> No, this is this is a hundred percent for okay, real. Good. Okay, okay. It's oh. something that I have been dealing with. I'm feel like a dick with that Joker stuff then. And I mean the thing of it is that like I've I've gotten into my forties now mm-hmm. and it can be hard to change your mind about things when you are this age. You can get kind of calcified. Right. And there's something that I've been thinking about and I thought I would share it with you just because I've really been wrestling with it. Mm. Obviously, I can't tell you or the audience because I'm an NPR journalist how I vote. But, you know, I have been voting a certain way for most of my life. You know, we're just just had an election here in Los Angeles. There was an election across the country. And by voting a certain way, you mean write in vote for Count Chocula? Yeah. And, um, well, 
It's not always Count Chocula. <laughs> do you switch it up and do different cereal monsters? No, I do all different. I mean, I do regret voting for Toucan Sam because he turned out to be mm-hmm. a monster. But we didn't know about the alleged crimes. Well, when none we, of us yeah. saw that coming. None of us saw that coming. He just, he put on that face and, you know, looked so great in that white dress shirt when he rolled up the sleeves. We all, we all hoped that Toucan Sam was the start of a, you know, a new era in this country, but it wasn't. Same fucking shit, man. Same fucking Washington bullshit. Don't get me started. They say that you deal with... You know, it's like you have certain ideals when you're a young person later on, Mm -hmm. your ideals can change. You can, you know, you, oh, I'm a a homeowner now, or I have kids now, I have a retirement to protect, you know, things can really change for you when you get into your forties. I'm in my forties and there's something that has been very heavy on me. And it is, again, you know, you know how I voted even this is, it's just, I'm wondering if quinoa is actually good. Oh, like, what if it's good? Because I've eaten some quinoa lately. Right. And I think maybe I liked it. And it's just something that I've like. Jesse, hey, hey, man. It's obviously, it's not a grain. It's it's technically a seed. This is a safe space. I eat quinoa on the reg. I mean. It's good. It's versatile. Have you ever like put it in a pot? With some milk, you can use a you know a, a nut milk if you want. Throw a handful of blueberries in there, stir it around. God, that's a good breakfast. There's so yeah. much great stuff you can do with quinoa. It's a great side if it's ever like a side option somewhere. Get that instead of fries. You'll feel so much better. Yeah, this is safe, man. I'm quinoa. I love it. Hey, you know, I know that that carries a certain you know cultural baggage. Maybe you know. Whatever, five years ago, ten years ago, it was a yuppie food or something. But, you know, give me those seeds, man. Give me that seed blast. Just like that bread I saw once. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, no problem, buddy. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I just felt like I was kind of like, I guess just hurtling towards death. Sure. Just like, like I had kind of slipped down. I had gotten to a peak and I thought I was on a plateau, but actually I slipped on a muddy place and I was headed towards the void. Shibalba, as it was known in ancient Latin American cultures. I think where quinoa is at is also kind of, you know, it mirrors what happened with kale. It's like, all right, shut the fuck up about kale, everybody. But then, you know, many of us came around and actually you know it's actually pretty good and you know there's a lot you can do with it it's a great as long as you massage those nasty leaves oh yeah gotta get those leaves tender take those ribs out you oil them up and you massage them so that they're tender then you gotta take out those ribs so the kale can suck its own dick if you know what i'm saying (laughs) our guest on the program is a favorite here on jordan jesse go he is a an acclaimed comedy writer for television programs, including but not limited to BoJack Horseman, Central Park, and of course, 
that one USA show that he wrote for about the lawyers. I can't think of what the name is. Rizzoli and Isles, maybe. <laughs> the other two. <laughs> the other two. Maybe it was Jacoby and Myers. Was it, it maybe Jacoby and Myers? It was Isles and Bash. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Adams is our guest on the program. Hi, Nick. Repeat. Back in the house. Repeat. I didn't work on the lawyer show. I worked with Breck and Meyer, who was on the lawyer show. I, I don't have ampersand experience on my resume. <laughs> wait, you per, wait, you did. What did you do? Just personal? <laughs> yeah, just me and services. Him. Yeah, yeah, it's kind Meyer. of like a gopher, like a like Hitch. Did you see Hitch? I was like his Hitch right. for a while. Okay. <laughs> Post divorce, he needed like a black guy to give him his juju back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I could sell that tomorrow. You helped Breckenmeyer get back out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no. It's just you replied to an ad actor with high TVQ seeks black guy to get him back out there. <laughs> Not racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> a nice dude. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to. We're doing Jordan Jesse goji berries today. I didn't know that was <laughs> fucking. Oh, yeah. This show's all superfoods <laughs> yeah. now. I know it's been a while since you've been on. Yeah. It's maybe been by a year or two long you know ancient grains not good not bad but definitely yeah. not good filling yeah. mm-hmm. just pile it in there don't think about it too much wait so i would like to hear from nick how you feel about you know your trendier sides quinoa <laughs> kale etc and then i want to hear from jesse what the quinoa dish is that turns you around well how do you feel about shaved brussels sprouts nick uh i don't like them shaved i want some of the like like a big full bush. Like, <laughs> like a full bush on my Brussels sprouts. Like a 70s bush. <laughs> like stuck in your teeth. Like You want European pornography Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Look, you don't want Des Moines no, no. sprouts. I don't like any of this like late 90s bullshit Brussels sprouts. I want full mid 80s. No, I feel like the, it doesn't really matter with Brussels sprouts. We've all gotten to the place as a culture. We understand it's enough like extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar and bacon. The Brussels sprouts will be fine. I don't care if you shave them, cut them in half. It doesn't fucking matter. Just keep the bacon and the balsamic flowing liberally and we can choke down those mini cabbages. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> God, I'd love to choke down Breckett Meyer's mini cabbages. Oh. <laughs> not so many, Jesse. These are full leafy cabbages on that guy. I read somewhere that they fixed that Brussels sprouts became popular because farm scientists secretly fixed them. That they tasted bad before, <laughs> but then they fixed them, made them taste good, and that's why they became popular. It's not like something that was rediscovered like bone marrow or right, whatever. Right. It's something where scientists secretly made it good. And my question is, what are scientists not making good <laughs> that could become Brussels sprouts? Like, could just bark be pretty fucking tasty? Like, if yeah. Could, what about a, like a foxtail, maybe? <laughs> just, like a really good bark. <laughs> fucking throw some science on it. Let's go. In the book Fast Food Nation, they talk about you know fast food scientists, and that was the first time I saw I read the term mouthfeel. Yeah. And and I was so like offended and disgusted at how I was being manipulated as a consumer, but then also I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. There are right. some things that you chew on and munch and eat and you're like, 
Give me a thousand more of these. It yeah. feels really good going down. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir. I'm a texture queen. I love textures. I will eat a out of season ass blackberry because I love that texture so much. Yeah, blackberries are pretty good. Blackberries. Are pretty I good. will eat a bitter, shriveled, out of season blackberry just because I, I I love that texture. I love also, it. Also, blackberries are like, hey, do you want one big berry or like a hundred little berries? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> What's better than a hundred little berries? Yeah. It's the berry value <laughs> yeah. that we all need during Biden inflation. Am I right? Yeah. More berries per gram. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'd love to eat Hitch's blackberries. Oh. If you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, boy. Deleted scenes. <laughs> That's where you got to buy the DVD. Yeah, physical media. Physical media. Physical media. It's coming back. <laughs> Jesse, what was the quinoa dish you had that you that made you flip? You know, I just... There was a bag of quinoa in the Latin American section of the Superior Grocers near my house. So that's really Latin American. If it's in the Latin American section of Superior Grocers... There's like a variety of sort of like kumquat shaped fruits <laughs> mm-hmm. that come in jars mm-hmm. there. It's three times a year. You only get like four of them. Yeah. And the, it came in like a bag with, you know, like one color graphics of Incans on it, you know. And I was like, probably I should just buy this. Everybody likes quinoa so much. And I just put, you know, I just sauteed some onion or garlic or something yeah. and then. I always got stock in my freezer. Nick knows about this. Yeah, yeah. Me and gotta, Nick have, make, have broken this down. Gotta make a stock. I always got stock in my freezer because I keep my trimmings and my bones. Mm. And I throw them in the slow cooker, you know, every few weeks. And I've always got, so I just made it with stock and it was pretty fucking good. I mean. Yeah, chop up some bell peppers in there. It's a great side. I ate a bunch of fucking like eggplant on top of it. You know, who gives yeah. a shit? Sure. I might as well eat vegetables. I'm 42 years old. Fuck it. Socialist Bernie Sanders agenda. Just like government quinoa, government stock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Co-op ice cream. Co-op. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just we should all, this is how we should live. This is how it should be. Like you have nothing. If nothing else is working out for you, you have the fucking quinoa, the government quinoa you can get. Right. Throw some, like, you know, ground beef in there or whatever. I don't know what how poor people cook. What do I know? So you saute it briefly before you add the liquid. Yeah. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. Saute it briefly before you add the liquid to, it up, to give it a... Stick to your bones. No, nope. Increase the nutty flavor. Mm-hmm. God, speaking of things I'd love to eat. <laughs> I love the things that we consume now that our grandparents had no idea even existed as foodstuffs. It's amazing. God, I, I go to... Um, there's this little grocery store by my house. It's operated by the state of California. And it's like a little gross. It's like a little convenience store that's supposed to address food deserts. You know, you can you can use your government food money there very easily. And they're so nice. It's just the nicest little store. It's like if there was a liquor store on your corner, but they had exactly like actual food that you right. needed. You need some milk. You mm-hmm. can go there and it won't be expired. And. I always got a bag of kiwi fruits in there. And I always just think, man, kiwi fruits, what a freak of fucking yeah. nature that you can eat that and it's good. Yeah. You know? Hyper sweet. And that America bought into it in 1989. They were just like, fuck it, we eat kiwi fruits now. Yeah, I guess my kiwi consumption then at that time was very high. And now 
hardly ever eat a kiwi. Do you guys just get kiwis and slice them up? No. You don't either. Fruit bowls at really fancy resorts. That's the only time I yeah. see a kiwi. Yeah, side of, of fruit at, at a like a nicer brunch yeah, place. Yeah. Is the only place you're getting a kiwi these days. I'll eat a kiwi ever since I found out that you can just eat that brown no sticky no. leaf on the outside you can just eat that shit the whole thing is like such a like jurassic park ass like camouflage like <laughs> how about this like hyper sweet almost too sweet fruit and let's just make it look fucking ridiculous like there's so many it comes from hobbit country baby yeah there's so many exotic fruits we like it doesn't look like that's too on the nose dragon fruit we can't actually look like something from a video game like a like a crafting like cozy video game fruit (laughs) one of the best parts of my neighborhood is there's a lot of vietnamese people in my neighborhood who do front yard gardening Mm -hmm. like they'll have very elaborate food gardens in the front yard where you know, some of my other neighbors just have like a uh, brown grass. Yeah, <laughs> right. struggling and struggling uh, 365 days a year to have a front lawn. One of the main things that's going on is these like incredible Rube Goldberg trellises of dragon fruits and dragon fruits grow on like a weird looking cactus vine. Mm-hmm. And it will be a trellis made out of, you know. 700 popsicle sticks and and 12 straws and different things have plastic bags tied. It is the coolest fucking thing. And then there's this fat fucking dragon fruits growing on there. The craziest looking fruit in the world. Land of the lost ass fruit. And what's crazy to me about a dragon fruit in particular is that it looks truly bananas. Like it's like pink and it has scales and the inside is white with those little Mm -hmm. tiny specks in there. It's like it came from the mind of James Cameron. (laughs) It is bananas looking, uh, much more so even than bananas. Something you fuck on Pandora. Unobtain a fruit. It is... It is perhaps the single mildest fruit available. Like yeah, yeah, it is like, almost all flavorless. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> the name is incorrect. It's yeah. like we have built this trellis and these extraordinary vines across the entire. Like it is like a, um, about as much flavor as jicama. <laughs> Sweet jicama. Yeah, it's like how you imagined you would build an incredible habit trail for your hamster when you were ten years old. Just like the mm. level of equipment involved in growing these vines. And they're just sitting there, like, doing the same thing they would be in a straight rectangular glass box. They're the most extraordinary. Yeah, exactly. And they're the most extraordinary, like, just the wildest, most beautiful fruit in the world. Mm -hmm. And you take a bite out of it and you're like, well, it's it's wet. (laughs) Yeah. It's got a vaguely fruit, fruity texture. It is beige inside and it tastes beige. Yeah. (laughs) What about these little seeds? Is it like vanilla beans? No, they don't do anything. They don't add anything (laughs) to it. (laughs) Nope. Look, at the end of the day, if you want to eat a tropical fruit that looks like it came out of a 12 foot long lizard, you're going to want to stick to cherimoyas, which have a a rich, almost bubblegummy flavor. And a custard-like texture, along with those gargantuan seeds that are fun to spit out. So right next to the Grove, there's the original Farmer's Market. And, like, they have multiple vegetable stands. And, like, you know, a couple times a year, you're there. And you're like, oh, yeah, they have dragon fruit or they have passion fruit. Whatever, the the exotic fruits. And you're like... Tamarins there. 
Yeah, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, they're always like, you know, anytime you see a fruit and it's like got the like styrofoam wrapping around the individual yeah. fruit and like maybe you get two of them at a time versus like the plums and the grapefruit that are just in a giant bin, you know, banging up against each other. You're like, oh, this this is like a delicacy. I should purchase one of these. And then you go home and you're just like, no, nobody eats this. There's a reason why nobody eats this. It's incredibly whatever it's just a garden variety orange just destroys this in a 1v1 matchup <laughs> like there's no that's a basic pretty good orange is amazing i'm a big fan of just on the subject of fruit that's wrapped in that styrofoam netting between my house and our office if i drive on surface streets there are a few big korean grocery stores mm-hmm And Korea, like Japan, is like a big gift fruit culture. Right. Giving fruit is a a big cultural thing. And so they will have a regular produce area and a gift (laughs) produce area. Like the VIP produce. Yeah, exactly. And like, (laughs) honestly, the regular produce area I will stop at just because it is better than the regular produce area at the grocery stores by my house. So I can just get better you guys know I'm a fucking nasty freak for Satsumas. When it's Satsuma season, that's where this good Satsuma action is at, is at the Korean grocery store. Mm-hmm. Very famous Betty Davis song, Freak for Satsumas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she turned Miles Davis onto uh, Satsumas. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Was not a big citrus cat. He was still playing hard bop, and she convinced him <laughs> to try a more flavorful citrus. <laughs> But in that gift fruit area, they'll have melons, they'll have, you know, Asian pears. Only pears I fuck with. And they all cost, like one of the melons costs, you know, $15 or whatever. Costs like double what it would cost, triple what it would cost regular. But you buy one of those and you're like, fuck, this is all I should eat. Yeah. Why am I buying food from a restaurant when I could eat one of these $15 cantaloupes? Mm-hmm. This is the greatest shit I've ever eaten in my life. The Japanese don't eat fruit unless it's really fucking amazing perspective. Like, like if you think about it, like, if you just... Because it's a small island nation. Yeah. But if you if you add that to your day-to-day, like, I'm not messing with it unless it's really really good. I'm not just eating this lame, random wedge of orange because it's there on top of my omelet. Like, I'm not doing that. Unless it's... Gonna make this shit count. Yeah, make it count. (laughs) Nick, I want to back up to something you mentioned (laughs) Uh briefly a few minutes ago. You mentioned a video game genre that I was only made aware of recently, which is the cozy game. Yeah. It's the new shit, apparently. Just, you know, nobody is trying to murder you. There's no aliens. Yeah. There's not some kid in like upstate New York who's like calling you racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I we got the unpacking. My okay. I was playing the unpacking. Someone like, was explaining unpacking Jesus. to me. Yeah, that looks fun. I'll have a, a slight spoiler for unpacking. I've not played this game, but I have had it explained to me. This is a game where... And Nick, have you played this or is this something your kids are playing? I've watched my daughter play it. So I guess it's a game where you unpack and like you move and you unpack. I think you have moved. You have moved. 
And so it's it's this character moving through their lives and unpacking at their various places. Mm-hmm. And there's a level that's after a divorce. <laughs> 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 so you have immediately just half your stuff is gone. That's real. I think that's actually something that happens in the game. No, like one level is just you sorting books. Mm-hmm. Not gonna read this. Their book, my book. Yeah. Their book. Neither, their book, neither of us are gonna book. read this, but she's gonna want it because she's a fucking yeah. bitch. <laughs> this one we got from her aunt yeah. for Christmas. Neither, never gonna read it. But she, her aunt's yeah. really sweet, so I don't want to throw it away because now I'm an asshole. And it's like she wants the fucking books, but she's the one who's condoing all her shit. Yeah. So you know, if you just give it to her, it's gonna end up at the fucking goodwill. Whereas yeah. you actually want to hang on to I'm it. I'm gonna display it, if not read it. I'm gonna display it at least. You know, I mean, you're the one that only watches documentaries. Come on, she doesn't even know. But it is funny, but just because everything has to be part of a franchise mm-hmm. these days. This character who's doing this, it is Blanca. Yeah, because <laughs> they got the license. Unpacking after a divorce. Yeah, just like electrifying all these fucking books and burning them up. Like I'm, can't, yeah. I can't do it. Fucking petty ass Blanca. <laughs> What happens in unpacking? Like, what is the challenge of the game? I, I've only watched a little bit of it, but I think it's sort of like an Animal Crossing. Like, the challenge is just unpacking and unpacking more, and then you get to unpack another thing. I don't know. I thought in Animal Crossing, you you grow fruit to trade via letter with your neighbors. That's how I remember it. Oh, you grow fruit, you cut your grass, you build, but like, you know, it's ultimately the game in and of itself is the challenge. Just being in it, just, it's a hangout. You know, it's just you're hanging out in this little cozy, cool world with fun music. And then you have to be confronted by the reality that sometimes relationships end. Mm-hmm. Then you, yeah, you put down the sticks and you go out into the cold, cold world. Mm-hmm. Chapter five, mommy and daddy are fighting. Mm-hmm. No, no. Oh, God. Daddy's staying in Echo Park tonight. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's divorced dad country. <laughs> because that's where Vanessa lives. Who's Vanessa? <laughs> Chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa takes us to Disneyland. <laughs> you only take us to Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I love that video games, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show, that a plot point in the new Street Fighter game they have yet to release is that Ken is divorced. No, why? <laughs> Wait, there's a plot in the Street Fighter games? Yeah. Yeah, for plot point in Street Fighter games is the biggest red flag I've ever heard. I thought the plot of Street Fighter games is a guy with the swoopy haircut is fighting a guy whose arms stretch really long. Here's the entire plot of a good Street Fighter game. Are you ready? Ready? Fight. (laughs) Round one, fight. (laughs) Round two, fight. fight. And if different guy wins that, round three, fight. Oh, wow. Round three. Yeah. It's one of those. Up, down, down, left, right, left, right. That's the plot. That's the plot. It's one of those things where, like, they did not start with trying to have a plot, but because nerds, they have kind of tried to, like, create a little story for this that kind of makes sense. So all the games kind of happen out of order. So that one girl from my high school could do the monologue of uh, yeah. double, from Double Dragon the movie yes. in the acting segment of our introduction to the arts class. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why that happened. But yeah, and I guess part of the, the new game, part of Ken's backstory, Ken, of course, Ryu's friend. Friend, frenemy? Like, what yeah, was I mean, I think uneasy allies. Yeah. <laughs> they have different, you know, worldviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. 
You know the guy that's his arm stretch really long? Yeah. You know, Dalsam, sure. Does that guy have friends? Boy, I don't know if I have I don't know if I know his backstory. I don't. I'm sorry. One day he figured out that his arms could stretch a lot longer than most people. Yeah. He's like, hey, I should beat some dudes up. <laughs> and I can breathe fire. I have two things. Great at the cookout. Great at the cookout. Great at the cookout. <laughs> he's up in the softball game, but he's still flipping the burgers. Yeah. Oh, I got the whole part covered. And he's fucking your wife. <laughs> the dick, is, the dick yes. is going in your house. Wait, does his dick stretch out? It extends. We have to. Like, I'm sorry. Like that's the. That's the. <laughs> what parts of it's him would canon. you say do and don't extend? Dalsim from Street Fighter. Um, come out to all the limbs, and then you know what it goes the with member. that. You know what goes with that. We don't have to say it. It's, it's family podcast. What if he's like. What if his lips extended so he go nom, 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 really good from to far away places? Mm-hmm. Or just like he's also just going down on like your aunt from the same spot. <laughs> so he's fucking your wife and eating your wife's yeah, pussy. Yeah, Dawson can fuck your whole family. <laughs> yeah. Eating your auntie's pussy. <laughs> he could foot job your cousin. <laughs> Well, you, you got some freaks in your family. This is one of yeah. everything. Your cousin loves a good footy. Dolphy's got it covered. Yeah, that guy. That guy. And I got another cousin who's really into watching F1. <laughs> so some pretty nasty freaks in my yeah. cousins. The foot job cousin, the guy who fucking stays up late to watch European sports. Yeah. The the American guy who just like has to watch something not in America. Mm, I call bullshit on yeah. that guy. Really? Just, in Wait, just in general. You got a satellite dish? It's 2022. Mm. What are you doing with a giant satellite dish yeah. on your roof? You just had to know how Hufflepuff did last night or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching camel racing? My theory about that guy is that he's just an alcoholic who wants an excuse to go to a bar at 7 a.m. It's like, oh, yeah. I like soccer too much. Yeah. It, oh, there's no, there's no drunk in Los Angeles like day drunk at the farmer's market. And you're like, yeah. oh, it's. <laughs> Like not even like one p.m. yet, and you guys are just yeah. hammered watching. Oh, uh, I support Arsenal. I'm an Arsenal supporter. <laughs> yeah. Is that what oh, I really? need to be today to be respectable? Is an Arsenal supporter? Right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm international. I mean, I'd like Tottenham also. So if they're sure. playing, I will watch. Yeah. But I'm also a Tottenham supporter. Yeah, he's like, here's the Tottenham song. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> Let's all kill a Spaniard. Yeah. <laughs> like I just need to support enough <laughs> Premier League teams to get me through the week without getting a side eye. <laughs> like I'll take it. Yeah. He's like, I developed a whole racism against North Africans just yeah. so I could drink at seven o'clock in the morning. It's, and it's not about race, it's just about like the kind of it's just the way that they play, Jesse. It's not about it's the, the style of their the play. Style of play. Is not, it's too athletic it's and good. The style of play. <laughs> I only watch cricket to cover up my heroin habit. (laughs) (laughs) Here's something interesting I recently learned about high-level soccer, or as they call it, football. Yeah. Every country has their own team. They enter something called the World Cup. Mm -hmm. They all have a coach called manager, and all the managers are named Jurgen. (laughs) (laughs) It's a title bestowed upon you like a knight. Yeah. Right. From FIFA. Like the Algerian World Cup team mm-hmm. is, they have a coach named Jurgen. Mm-hmm. Nigeria, Jurgen Kolopoko, I think is his name. He's Nigerian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. You get to be a Jurgen. 
<laughs> it's like becoming a Jedi Knight for yeah. soccer. You're an apprentice, Jurgen. It doesn't matter if you're a if you're a Yoda or a Samuel L. Jackson. Darth Jurgen. <laughs> Darth Jurgen. There's always two Jurgens, mm-hmm. a master and an apprentice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> soccer is so European that they're just like, no, I'm not wearing the fucking uniform. I'm like, no, I'm gonna wear a nice suit and a, like a park. Yeah. Like, don't be stupid. He's like, honestly, I look fucking good. That's what those soccer coaches say. They're like, I look too good for no, that shit. No. Basketball coaches are about 50-50. Yeah. Well, they like there are some basketball coaches who look good, mm-hmm. and then there are some who are kind of wearing like Under Armour polo shirts and like I suit from the men's warehouse. Well, and they just, after the pandemic, they just, they went casual during the pandemic and they just stayed, but they don't wear suits anymore. Yeah. And it is my biggest pet peeve. And I want it to stop so badly. you you look like a dad. You look like an AAU dad. You're on television. You making millions of dollars. Put a suit on. Like if you're a news anchor, if you're like, come on, put a suit on. You don't have to wear pants. You can do a full news <laughs> yeah, anchor. Yeah. Just get a sport. Get the yeah, top half top together half and least. we'll work on the rest. Kyle Shanahan, who is the NFL football coach of the San Francisco 49ers, my favorite football club. I'm a 49ers supporter. He is like really into the licensed garb. But in the NFL, you're only you're required to wear certain licensed garb because of. Yeah, like they just give it to you before the game and you have to pick from a certain thing. Right. But he basically dresses like a guy who beats you up for pursuing a recreational activity in their neighborhood Mm -hmm. or whatever, like uh, surfing in the wrong waves or skateboarding in the wrong skate park. He's in Marin County and you're like cross the line. Yeah, except he's in Irvine. But yeah, 100% he's in Irvine or possibly a suburb of Atlanta that I'm not familiar enough (laughs) with to make a specific (laughs) reference to. Atlanta, email in your suggestions, please. (laughs) He will wear, and it's the same with the San Francisco Giants manager, Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler looks like an international male model, like 100%. He's 45 years old or whatever, and he is yoked, just completely ripped. And he always has one of those semi-beards, but it is perfect. It is like a manicure, like he was John B. Like the guy who has, like you got to line it up every morning. Like you wake up and just immediately shape up your beard. A hundred percent. He like tours, like many times I've told the story of the time I met Wesley Snipes because my auntie's brother was his personal hairdresser that traveled with him everywhere. So he could always keep his, his shape tight. And I'm sure that Gabe Kaplan does the same. (laughs) Like there's a guy who can really cut a line, who shapes Gabe Kaplan's semi-beard every morning, like sets the razor to size one quarter. This is the razor that they use to sharpen your razors. That's what I get my shape (laughs) with. Speaking of beards, Repeat's looking great with the salt and pepper beard lately. Yeah, this guy's starting to become a silver fox here. It's the only benefit. It's the only benefit of being bearded, I think, ultimately. Yeah, the salt and pepper. Professorial Lester Freeman look. Nick, I have a question for you. 
I was looking at your Instagram yesterday and I saw your two beautiful children dressed in full powwow garb. Mm -hmm. And I know that you guys go, your wife is Native American. You guys go to powwows. Mm -hmm. What are your top powwow activities? That was actually from, we went to Ho-Chunk. My wife is Winnebago. So we went to Nebraska and my kids who were feathered years ago, they were named, so they were given their Ho-Chunk names. I have not been to that many powwows. I've been to the UCLA powwow, which happens every year in Westwood. You know, so that one, it's like, you know. Westwood's not quite Oklahoma when it comes to- It's not quite Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the university powwows, I think, are actually some of the bigger ones just because they have, you know, the white man's money to, to draw yeah, from. They got that, they got that recreation department <laughs> yeah. money. The crazy thing is that wherever you are, basically, there's a university and they have like a Native American student association probably somewhere close to you. And you can, you know, UCLA, Stanford, like all the big universities tend to have a student association and they do a powwow. And they're, it's, it's, it's actually really, really amazing the amount of like culture that you can be exposed to like in a day you know what i mean <laughs> like you get oh okay yeah they're all still here they're still alive and they're still doing their thing with music and dance and art and it starts at 7 a.m with the formula one yeah yeah you get the f1 race around the powwow grounds <laughs> and then the dancing starts it's amazing yeah i got no follow-ups on that I was just interested to know what you get up they to. Got their, it always looks fun when you post pictures on Instagram. They got their their Indian name. They're official. They're in. You can't take it away from them anymore. How do they get assigned? There has to be someone in the... It depends on, you know, tribe to tribe. But like in Ho-Chunk, it's like... It has to be given to them from a combat veteran. So there has to be someone who... like So the guy that... He also named my wife. He named our kids. And he's, you know, in his 70s or whatever now. He was a Vietnam veteran. But that's just the tradition. It has to come from a combat veteran. And so it's kind of very informal. And they have to, you know, know your family in some way and you agree to do it. Do, like, grandmas get involved in lobbying a little no, bit? No, yeah. There's, there's totally a, like, I want <laughs> my son or daughter to, you know, get named. And also it's like... This guy's really old, and so there's like he, he might die, and I might, you know, like it, there's no. Oh, I thought you meant like he's just naming everyone Dobie Gillis or <laughs> no, whatever. No, it's just that <laughs> just you, like outdated cultural reference. You don't know when you'll get a chance to do it. You know, like there's not. He names everyone Icebox. It's not like you can just do it every July third. You know what I mean? There has to be someone around <laughs> to do it. So, if you miss an opportunity, you might have to wait several years. You know, some people get named when they're fifteen. Some people get named when they're like seven. You know, because how how does like how does that person select the name? I guess I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to try to figure out something. You know, get to know the person and their family and like what their personalities are, are like and. They were like, well, I'm really into Fortnite. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was amazing. It would be terrible if they did a bad job. No. Yeah. Just like. There's no backsies on that. You know what I Maurice, mean? Maurice, my son's like Native American name is Maurice. That wouldn't be great. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I guess we could call him Mo. <laughs> like, that's not that bad. It's got a certain charm. Maury seems like a bad thing to call him. Mo Rice? No, no, just Maurice. It actually predates <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire, okay? It was around before you guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> just after Earth, Wind, and Fire, everybody was getting named Maurice after Maurice White of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Someone had to be the first Maurice. Like, we don't know who it was. We don't know. Jalen Rose talks about how he was the first Jalen. Uh-huh. You guys want to uh, research the first Maurice and uh, come back yeah. for a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to look into how many people were named KC from 1979 <laughs> to 1982. And we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Okay, so first of all, our thanks to the members of Maximum Fun. If you are listening to this and you're a member of Maximum Fun, you are supporting our program directly. We're very grateful for it. It's the reason we have this show. Also, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Jesse, you know this crazy life thing that we're currently smack dab in the middle of? Oh, yeah, this crazy little thing called love. Yeah, this crazy little thing called love slash life. Yeah. On this wacky blue marble that's just a spinning throughout the galaxy. Spinning through the marble madness on the Amiga that is the galaxy. Yes, where she stops, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. But, hey, this wacky little ride we're on called life does not have an instruction manual. Marble Madness did. Sure. Told you how to play the game. Yeah. But uh, life does not have an instruction manual. So oftentimes you'll find yourself in a situation where you're just like, what the heck am I going to do here? What the heck, life? For those situations, Jesse and I are big fans of going to therapy. Might feel a little bit weird to try. It might feel a little bit weird to say that you want to look into therapy. But once you get in there, it is really, really helpful. I do it every week. I think Jesse, once a week for you, Jesse, once a week, biweekly, twice a month. Twice a week, baby. Twice a week. Yeah, it's two different subjects, but yeah, twice a week. It is awesome. Again, if you get over that initial discomfort to give it a shot, it can really, really be helpful. There's a lot of ways to get therapy. You can go to a community clinic. You can ask your doctor for recommendations. But one option we think you should check out is BetterHelp. They're the world's largest therapy service. They have matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash JJGo. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash JJGo. We're also supported this week by the folks over there at Lumi Labs, the microdosing experts. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I was having a little bit of trouble sleeping last night. Had a lot on my mind. The room was a little uncomfortable. I popped in a microdose gummy from our buds at Lumi Labs. Conked right out. Felt great. These things taste good, too. They're really good, yes. Sometimes eating a gummy of this type... Yes. Not just a, a standard Haribo gummy, but an active gummy, let's say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it tastes a little bit like you're eating a Haribo gummy, but also some grass. 
Yeah. Just from the ground like a cow. <laughs> mm-hmm. This just tastes like a delicious gummy. And you can customize it so you get just the right amount of those good, good THC vibes. Yeah. I actually had a buddy uh, who was, I had a buddy with a buddy. I had a friend with a friend who was uh, trying to introduce said friend to THC for the first time. This bud had never taken THC before and they went right to Lumi Labs. So yeah, even if you're not a, a big stony baloney head you can mm-hmm. check out Lumi Labs. It is, you don't have to be... Look, you don't have to be a big stony baloney head. You don't have to be Jerry Garcia to, to nom these things. Uh, anybody can do Let it. Let me put it this way. It helps if you got some Cherry Garcia around. Yeah. <laughs> Never a bad thing, my friend. Microdoses available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show to description. But again, that's microdose.com code JJGo. And Jordan, for folks who are in Southern California, I am going to be live in person at the South Pasadena Vintage Flea Market on Saturday, December 17th. It's going to be a nice time. Come say hi. Meet my tiny van. If you want to meet my tiny Japanese van. Had some fans come by last time. Had a real nice time hanging out there with uh, stuff from the Put This On Shop. And if you're not in Southern California, Go to PutThisOnShop.com and get somebody a holiday gift. A lot of good gifts. A lot of good gifts. Whatever the holiday is. Midwinter solstice. That's what my Aunt Gail celebrates. It's beautiful. A beautiful time of year. Did you know when we send out an email newsletter, my Aunt Gail sends back an email about how happy she is about how successful we are? It's really nice. She's a nice woman. Sounds great. Aunt Aunt Gail. She would buy a gift for somebody that she cared about at PutThisOnShop.com. Probably would. Hey gang, Jordan here, breaking in with a very exciting piece of news. It's the launch of the new Maximum Fun shop over at MaxFunStore.com. And as part of the launch, we've got brand new Jordan Jesse Go t-shirts for sale just in time for the holidays. We've got the Hall of Fame Nicknames t-shirt featuring Radio Sweetheart, Boy Detective, and also three of the greatest guest nicknames of all time. Repeat, Clankety Car, and Explodo. We've also got the Saying Words t-shirt. Saying Words, of course, will be written in a beautiful calligraphy font there on the front, because what is a podcast if not saying words? These shirts are available in a variety of colors and sizes and are made of 100% combed and ring-spun pre-shrunk cotton, and they're designed by our very own Brian Sonny D. Fernandez. Seriously, head on over to MaxFunStore.com and check out these beautiful shirts. Grab one for the Jordan Jesse Go fan in your life or for yourself if you're the Jordan Jesse Go fan in your life. MaxFunStore.com and search by show for Jordan Jesse Go. Order them now in time for the holidays. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick Repeat Adams. Wow, that was kind of a... You're kind of getting into a scat place with your... (laughs) (laughs) You're getting into word jazz here. Scatcast. Subscribe to my scatcast. Was this your time working on the musical animated show Central Park? Has that made you more musical? You and Mike Eagle writing raps together or whatever. Oh my god, I would oh I would love to just write 
stupid rap songs with Mike open Mike Eagle as a job. Like that would be amazing. I was curious about what the like what your contribution as like a writer is to the musical part of that show. Yeah, I mean you try to come in to all the songs with you know, they're all based on the story of the episode and so you have a, you know, perspective of what the song is going to be about. And with that song it was, you know, super personal and so it was just kind of like a, a black dad who was like, this is, I've raised my kids in about as safe an environment as you can raise them, a castle in the middle of Central Park, and still people are going to be racist against them. Uh, so just putting yourself in that headspace and just like, you know, there was a couple of lines and then this vibes that you described to him and he just like went bananas and like, it was great. That's personal to you, Nick, just because you... We should say you've raised your children in a castle in Griffith yes, Park here yes. in Los Angeles. <laughs> I, we live around the corner from Jones One Third, which is the LA equivalent of a castle in Central Park. I think, I think that's about <laughs> as close as you can go. That's why there was so much of that song in Central Park that was about that one cougar that lives <laughs> yeah. in. It was pretty <laughs> shitty of you. I was trying to bring you back your um, Blu-ray of Fast Five, and you dumped that boiling oil on me. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it, gotta keep it real in West Third Street. Jordan, you shouldn't have tried to return it with a trebuchet. You gave the wrong impression. Okay, you know what? Okay, now now I see it. <laughs> we were both. Let's just say we were both wrong. You've come over here in one of your siege machines before. <laughs> it's you know. Am I gonna pick up babes <laughs> <laughs> without a siege machine? <laughs> Am I gonna lay siege to that ass? <laughs> Jordan knows what it's like to live in the heart of Los Angeles. Thank you, Mid City West. Thank you. Not yes. Beverly Hills. Not West Hollywood. Jordan meets girls primarily by building enormous hollow wooden mm-hmm. horses. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wonder what's in there. A lot of horse girls out there. Oh, oh listen. <laughs> I have written a few uh, like lyrics to songs for shows I've worked on. Nothing at all personal, but, you know, silly goofball songs. And the tunes always change because they give it to someone mm-hmm. musical. But just to kind of like sell the song a little bit, I'll always kind of make up a little tune and like sing it into my phone and kind of email it with the script of like, okay, this is the song and here is a tune just kind of to give you an idea of what I was going for. And those, because I do it on my phone, those save in my phone's guts for some reason. And sometimes when I get in the car and a random shuffle comes on, there will be a few minutes of me as Unikitty singing about living under the sea. (laughs) What do you tell your Lyft passengers, Jordan? <laughs> I just tell them this is my shit. <laughs> I give them my SoundCloud link. It's coming out next year. I'm not just a driver. The other people from the casual carpool. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, look, if you want to ride in the carpool lane, you're going to have to listen to Unikitty sung by me. <laughs> One of my favorite moments as a writer is on Blackish, we had Jill Scott do a song for, you know, the youngest daughter is like going through her hair care journey as a black woman and deciding like how she wants to wear her hair and what she wants to do. And Jill Scott is the hairdresser. And the whole idea was like, it's a kind of um, school days homage to black hair care. And 
Jill Scott leaves a voicemail for the head writer of the show. And it's just like, I don't know. I was thinking about something like this. And then we just get like a minute and a half of just Jill Scott scatting and bebopping in this guy's cell phone. And you're like, yes, exactly Mm. that. Exactly. Just do that. Whatever you want, (laughs) Jill Scott. Can we be friends? (laughs) Can we hold hands, Jill Scott? Will you smile (laughs) at me one time? Smile at me and like do a little (laughs) scatting and then just move on to the next writer and I will die happy. It was so incredible. I have one beautiful scat thing that I will say happened to me. Technically, I watched it on television (laughs) live. But, you know, the Houston Astros recently won the World Series, uh, which I know America has very mixed feelings about because America's favorite soccer team. I think it's soccer. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's correct. NBA (laughs) fan Nick Adams. But the Houston Astros won, and they were managed by Dusty Baker, who is the longtime manager of my favorite team, the Giants, and is like one of the coolest guys ever. Like he hit the majors when he was 18. His mentor and father figure was Henry Aaron. He's been a manager for like 30 years, and he had never won a World Series. From back in the days when black people played baseball, is Dusty Baker's here. <laughs> yes. And he talks about yeah. that. Like he's He's been a, a wonderful advocate for African-American baseball players throughout his life and career. He co-invented the high five. That's... <laughs> fucking dusty baker just turn it turn it up i was the first guy to just like turn it i guess yeah i guess you do need you need two people to invent the high five at least two yeah you can't do it by yourself you can't the guy that invented it with him was one of the first at least privately out out to his team gay players glenn burke so a very another very very cool guy um they invented high fives together but anyway Dusty Baker won this World Series that was like, this guy's headed to the Hall of Fame, but like this seals it. He finally won his World Series. He's 70 something years old. And he sits down with the Fox, you know, studio team, you know, Frank Thomas and David Ortiz and and these guys. And they're like talking to him about what the what the World Series meant to him. And Dusty's anecdote about what winning the World Series meant to him at this age was he goes, you know, one time I was having dinner with Scatman Carruthers. He was on Chico and the Man. Love it. Love it. This this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And he goes, you're going to get 15 years to enjoy your life after 60 years of busting ass. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, that is Scatman Carruthers gave that advice to he played Curly Neal on the Harlem Globetrotters cartoon show and he fucking showed Dusty Baker the way to live. And Hong Kong Fui tells you how it's gonna go down <laughs> as a black man in the like 80s into the 90s. You just have to like understand you've gotten Listen, wisdom. At some point you're gonna meet Scooby Doo. <laughs> there's, there's gonna be some weird shit happening at a theme park. Pull the guy's mask off. Pull, It'll just, c- yeah. Cut the whole thing off. Don't away. be scared. It's not. <laughs> Nip it at the bud. Okay. When something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206 984 4FUN or just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's one momentous occasion. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Eleanor calling from Portland, Oregon with a momentous occasion. Last night, Um, Me and my boyfriend were coming home from a Halloween party dressed, of course, as sexy Kermit and Miss Piggy. And uh, we're getting into the car that we called. And 
I slide into my seat and my boyfriend walks in front of the car to go around and he's wearing a sparkly pink prom dress that doesn't zip all the way that I found on the sidewalk and a very cheap wig and pig ears and a feather boa and he gets in the car and the driver says you are one sexy motherfucker how many hearts have you broken tonight and it was an extremely strong opening to a very long and unforgettable ride home so love you a lot thanks for everything bye driver was just dressed as big dick fozzy so they yeah. all fucked <laughs> man that's right I, I was hoping that was going jesse seized on my first thought immediately she said sexy kermit sexy kermit is implied you do not need to add a sexy oh, yeah. to any kermit the you seen that motherfucker drinking that tea <laughs> <laughs> when he puts a turtleneck sweater on come on Come yeah. on. I mean, this guy This guy got his legs insured like he was Jessica Lang or whoever the fuck it is that insured their legs. I don't remember. Somebody did. You guys know what the rainbow connection is? That's fucking. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking. Every color of the spectrum gets fucked. If we're going to look in the chat here, Daniel apparently is letting us know that the caller has sent in a photo. Oh, shit. And if Twitter still exists by the time <laughs> that this podcast is released, we will share this on the Jordan Jesse Go Twitter. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Heartbreaker is right. Yeah. I think, okay. I think Spiggy has a sash that says birthday queen. That's a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's looking pretty fine, this boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. That Also, that was all-time level elocution. Like, I'm not a big ASMR person, but that was the kind of diction where I can see kind of maybe jerking it a little bit. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) a little bit, a little like not a full, maybe, maybe not a full, just like halfway through. No, not November. You're like, I just need a little taste. <laughs> I think my... November's a long month. <laughs> you gotta rub your dick to Miss Piggy. <laughs> I think my personal... The part of this outfit that I am most enjoying here, or this, this couple's outfit, yeah. is Miss Piggy here. He is wearing what is clearly a prom dress that was found on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a straight east of the five, you know, <laughs> level. Yeah, this is a prom dress found in Torrance. <laughs> and pig ears and a pig nose. Mm. And it's it's clear with a feather boa that this is Miss P. There's no doubt about yeah. that. No fat shaming, just he's wearing the dress. You don't it's implied. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You don't have to yeah. stuff. It's it's technically his shapeless body shaming. <laughs> but you know, that's fun. Yeah, sure. It's not a problem. It's part of the fun. Eleanor, I believe is her name, our caller. She's more wearing like all key lime green mm-hmm. standard sexy outfit. Mm-hmm. Kind of you know, just like fucking a, hot Kermit. Like, right. Yeah. But what I like about Eleanor is that the one element of her outfit that isn't just regular clothes that happen to be green is just the most bootleg homemade ass fucking frog eyes on top of her. <laughs> oh, I didn't even just I didn't even acknowledge that. Truly those. look like they're made out of Sharpie yeah. and toilet paper. Really terrifying and unsettling. <laughs> I didn't notice them. I just love the chutzpah of that. Just <laughs> she clearly got him his whole outfit. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like do there's that. no doubt that she's the creative one of yeah, this couple yeah. based on the tone of her call. 
And he has professional quality pig nose and pig ears that make it clear. And she just, she forgot to go on Alibaba in time to order frog eye headband. And so she just, she just made it out of some crepe paper and a dry erase marker. As someone who is 100% not crafty at all, just like ping pong balls and black magic marker would have been a hundred times better than whatever this terrifying <laughs> eye monstrosity is. Is it possible that there are still supply chain issues in the ping pong ball industry <laughs> and that's what happened here? Does anybody else find it a little ironic that we're roasting the frog and not the pig? <laughs> Usually the pig's the one you roast. Oh, yeah. anybody, anybody, anybody else think it? Guys, it seems like the apple's in our mouths, okay? Mm -hmm. Turnabout is fair play here. So we have been talking about the song Powerhouse, the factory song from Looney Tunes. People have been calling in their own lyrics. And we have moved to a new standard, which is that all of these songs need to be about either Rick Moranis or another cast member of SCTV. Obviously, I think maybe our call out previously was a little broad, given that that's what we wanted all along. We should have mentioned that. Some people might have accidentally called in a Kids in the Hall or a Whitest Kids You Know or maybe a Birthday Boys themed like a Tom Kenny song. <laughs> we were specifically looking for SCTV. And Daniel told us there is a new song that someone has called in. I, I can only presume it's about Rick Moranis or Dave Thomas, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, something like that. So l let's give it a listen. Bam, 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 bam. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Sun will rise soon, so best get going. Shiny, this is clean, just the same lady that called going. in before. Ergonomic seat, caffeine, but this and is like a remix, right? Let's hear the agenda. Yeah. Tuesday, I'd love to hear Wednesday, some ad libs from Diddy on Friday, this. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wield your time like riding a dragon. Help DJ Khaled. It's <laughs> like between Manhattan Transfer and Timbaland. I feel the agenda. Spin those plates this fast, no faster. There's always Anyone can get Fruity around. Loops. This is 2022. Let's get some drums on the track. And how's your agenda? Minutes, hours, spin those plates. Minutes, hours, spin those plates. Is this uh, do anything for your ASMR, Nick? <laughs> it's, I just want to give it to Mad Lib. Like, give it to Mad Lib for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Jordan, I'm giving your uncle a foot job you wouldn't believe right now. <laughs> Ted? I'm talking Ted, baby. Oh, my God. I call him Teddy Big Dick. Chew on the agenda. Okay, now, Daniel, that's enough of this song. First of all, obviously this woman has done the best job overall yes. of writing and singing this song. Yeah, I think the first time we heard this, we felt bad because she did such a good job. And, you know, I think some of the, the you know, maybe the theme of the song is the kind of, you know, crushing monotony of the workaday world. We I think we were all impressed that, you know, she was able to you know, kind of have that marriage of, uh, of you know, where you usually hear the song and then the theme to the lyrics. We thought that was very clever. It's fucking bullshit because it's not about Rick Moranis, which is obviously right, we right. established that we want these to be about Rick Moranis. I mean, maybe if it was about Joe Flaherty, 
Yeah, it would be fine if it was about Joe. Like, Joe Flaherty, certainly, has he had the success since SCDB that Rick Moranis has? No, but he's done some great stuff. Like, it's not like Joe Flaherty is not chopped liver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this guy's brought a lot to the entertainment industry. Literally, no one has called in a set of lyrics to the Looney Tunes Factory song Powerhouse that are about Joe Flaherty. And she's trying to sing like a contemporary commentary on the workaday world that sort of flips the script, so to speak, on the traditional sort of unionized factory middle-class labor and the kind of existential dread that comes from not seeing the product of your work in the same way because you work in this white-collar environment where you're really clocking in and clocking out in a kind of absent manner and you're not guaranteed the security that, that, that the union or you know a company town once guaranteed you when she obviously should be doing something about fucking Catherine O'Hara, Thank you. who is a genius. She's the mom in Home Alone. Like Catherine O'Hara is amazing. Like you watch Home Alone as an adult, and like when you were a kid, you kind of thought she was just a generic mom. Yeah, right. And then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, no, she's a fucking genius. She's fucking hilarious. Also, now there's just movies coming out on fucking Amazon and Hulu, and people are just doing movies. Back in the day, it was like, this is like actual goddamn movie that they're putting in theaters, and everyone's like yes. rolling the dice and like, please, oh my god, let us make this make us some some money. And they find this lady to be a mom who is like a seasoned comedy professional or you Eugene Levy and John Candy are just in like rando like movies like Armed and Dangerous. And you're like, they're <laughs> yeah. really, yeah. really Great stupid outdoors. and funny. Yeah, they're just so funny because this is all they've done for a decade. These people are doing such great work. And it's like, imagine, just think about it this way. You are on a show that arguably is both better than and has a deeper, longer-lasting cultural impact than even Saturday Night Live. Like, I think an argument can be made for that. This is an extraordinary show full of gifted performers. They all come from another country. They make such an impact on Canadian television that they end up sneaking into American television and basically changing the lives of a generation of comedy professionals who grew up feeling like they knew this secret thing, you know, this special, secret, extraordinary, generation-defining thing that led them to create Mr. Show or whatever, right? That led them to write on Larry Sanders, that led them to work on the Harvard Lampoon and, and then move to season three of The Simpsons, right? And that whole time that Catherine O'Hara and all these brilliant performers are making this special thing. They're probably thinking one day some dipshits that are friends from college will create something called a podcast that goes directly using technology. I can't yet conceive of to the homes of literally dozens of people. And some of those people might write a song about us and like the work that we've done, the contributions we've made to the culture, literally internationally, right? Literally intergenerationally, the pleasure and happiness that we have brought to so many people, they'll probably do it, hopefully do it to the theme of the factory song from Looney Tunes powerhouse. And here's this woman trying to do some fucking postmodern satire. And right now, 
Joe Flaherty, whether he's dead or not, and I think he may be, is crying. Right. Because he waited. Crying in Canadian heaven. <laughs> 40, he waited 40 years for this. And people are calling in some shit about mitochondria or whatever. No, still alive. Jesus Christ. Still alive. 81 years old. Show some fucking respect for Joe Flaherty. And guess what? A fucking American. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's right. Mm. Canada. Mm. Yeah. Suck it. Insult to injury. <laughs> and in conclusion, Canada can suck it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, Nick. Because I don't hear any Canadians calling in to celebrate literally the greatest Canadians of all time. Sorry, Jean Chrétien. <laughs> Sorry, a famous Mountie who saved a life of a well child or whatever. Sorry. <laughs> it's like a child in a well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah well are called well children. Well right? child. You know what? I got... I went ahead and spent the money and got a top shelf child. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you maybe you get your children out straight out of the gun, but yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get the premium. But less likely for the child to give you a hangover if you go for the top <laughs> yeah, shelf exactly. child. No, no. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Guess what, Manolo? Guess what? 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 Dr. Game Show has made it to 100 episodes on Maximum Fun. Oh, that's true. I knew that. Well, to celebrate, we are releasing our entire Earwolf archives to Max Fun members. That's anyone who gives $5 or more monthly to support podcasts like Dr. Game Show. That's 63 episodes within studio comedian guests like Jason Manzoukas, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, Joe Para, Todd Berry and Janine Garofalo, Connor O'Malley, Chris Gethard, and more. Plus three bonus episodes that include two pilot episodes. Wow, two pilots must be good. Find the feed at MaximumFun.org slash BOCO, B-O-C-O. Stands for bonus content. Mm-hmm. Presenting the new MaxFunStore.com. We've got shirts for your torso, hats for your head, drinkware for your finest beverages, and so much more. Starring your favorite Max Fun shows with new and classic designs. Find the perfect gift for the podcast fan in your life. Heck, that could be you. We're not judging. Head to MaxFunStore.com now. That's MaxFunStore.com. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, repeat Adams. Nick, you're working on a pretty thrilling project, and I've been holding this under my hat for quite some time. I had orders that I could not speak about this project publicly. Mm-hmm. It's finally been revealed in what we call the trades. That's what I call uh, auto trader. As <laughs> the trades, mm-hmm. Nick, you're trying to get rid of a Nissan Maxima. <laughs> it runs great. Low mileage, like new. Only three seats. Yeah, yeah. it's got an aftermarket stereo. <laughs> got a spoiler on it, but a premium aftermarket stereo. Aftermarket spoiler, unfortunately. <laughs> Technically, it's a spoiler from an '87 Supra. But mm-hmm. it fits pretty much, it's, you know. It's, it the color is off a little, it, but off. but you can match it. You just have to reapply the dry erase marker regularly because it will wear off. And why why are you eyeballing my spoiler? Like why are you that concerned? Just yeah. let me live. Let me 
get my down drip. Yeah, just buy the spoiler, dude. Just buy the fucking Maxima. Give me the 500 bucks. I'll give you the fucking there Maxima. Go. Okay, I got the keys right End of story. here. I want cash money or we go to your bank to get the cashier's check together. Maybe you don't register it. I don't know. Maybe it's off the books. Let's just do the thing. <laughs> Use the Maxima for whatever you fucking want. I don't know. I don't know. Not my problem. <laughs> I so I, I was selling my daughter's old bed on Craigslist. And, you know, you get all these messages from from scammers primarily. Just people trying to get you to give them a $300 deposit on their American Express traveler's check they send you or whatever the fuck. Daughter's bed is in Kenya in a castle somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy your daughter's bed and then I'll destroy this video of you jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you destroy it? You never know. <laughs> he, he's not a good scammer. I got a text message that I've been thinking about like in a sort of melancholic way mm-hmm. since I received it that said uh, hope is still available for sales. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it ever was for sale. Sounds like some fucking shit. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> mumbles in a <laughs> weed haze. Do you ever feel like we, we tried to buy it back in 2008 mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the check bounced? Yeah. The best thing we ever discovered was free cycling. We live in, as Jordan knows, a very walkable, pretty dense area of Los Angeles. And at a certain point, I think it may be when we moved, my wife was like, what are we going to do with this? And I was just like, let's put it out on the sidewalk. And she was like, do you think? And it was like 30 seconds later, it was just gone. I was like, this is the most amazing thing. We could have made like 20 bucks or, you know, like haggling. And then you got to text back and forth with the person and they got to come or this person will never show up when they say they will they will call you too many times they will have a long explanation as to why they couldn't make it at the time you agreed to pick up the free desk they will tell you about their dad's drinking problem and that (laughs) somehow enters into why they couldn't come pick up the free desk and their common law partner is sitting in the truck and then they're also like randomly kind of nice so you yeah. like don't hate them you know? <laughs> yeah. or you could just spend the money that it costs for like a blank sheet of paper to just write on it in sharpie free please take and it's gone in like 30 seconds I mean, if you wanted to waste paper <laughs> i know i was always i have since moved on from that neighborhood but i was always amazed by how quickly the thing on the curb would get scooped up to the point where I was afraid to like leave something I wanted on the curb while I was like unlocking right. the door. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, what happened? Yeah, no, I wanted that. These are my groceries from Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you were always carrying around suet cakes right. and there was just a lot of ravens in the neighborhood. <laughs> Making clicking noises. When I visit Hodgman in New York, I stay at his uh, office, which is in, in Park Slope, Park Slope, Brooklyn. And you know those like uh, little free libraries that people oh, yeah, put sure. on their front lawn? You know, it's like a little mm-hmm. birdhouse, but that's just all public space in Park Slope, Brooklyn <laughs> is taken up by piles of books that are free. <laughs> it is like they don't even need those bollards that you use to separate the bike lane from mm-hmm. the traffic lane because they just make it out of the books. Joan Didion books for those? <laughs> yeah, it is just all Michael Shabon essay collections <laughs> about birds that protect the cyclists from the yeah. 
Oh, cool. Uh, it's those Woody Allen essay books. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they were funny when we were in high school, but now they're just sad. <laughs> Nick, you're working on a project right now that I feel like our audience needs to know about. And not just because one of the stars is friend of Jordan Jesse Go, Rob Hubel. I am working on bringing the bumps back to TV. Just a new goosebumps bumping those geese. It's uh, going to be on <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> Got to bump those geese. Love to see those nasty geese bumps. I think that's uh, on Pusha T's solo album, Bumping Those Geese. Uh, <laughs> it'd be out like I, It's on Malice's Christian album when he was going by No Malice. <laughs> Yeah. Just a song about geese, where eggs come from. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. It's going to be out uh, next year, next Halloween. Is that on standard Disney? Can't get it on regular Disney. If you look for it on regular Disney, you will be sadly, sadly mistaken. You got to pay for the plus, the premium oh, wow. Disney. You got to get the plus, the Disney plus. That's the good Disney. Jordan, I don't know if you've seen oh, yeah. Miss Disney. Oh, yeah. You got to get on that Andor tier of Disney. <laughs> oh, you got yeah, fi- yeah. to find where Andor is. <laughs> you get there Ooh. and that's where you're going to find the bumps. Mm. Ooh, that so Andor. Good. I watched one of those Andors, and you know, Jordan, I'm a medium Star Wars guy. I love this this Andor. I'm looking forward to oh, yeah. watching more of these Andors. You know, the star Andor is Diego Luna, mm-hmm. the beautiful actor Diego Luna. We tried to book him on Bullseye because I saw I was like, man, I watched that Andor. It was great. And they said he, he would like to do it, but he's really going through some shit right now. Oh, Diego. It's like, when is, when is Diego Luna not going through? Let's, let's be real. This guy makes his own fucking drama. He's either never going through any shit or is always going through shit. Like, I won't accept anything. In Sounds between. like old Cassian Indoor's kind of a messy bitch. <laughs> He's either drinking a chocolate soda in Mallorca mm-hmm. and just fucking loving life or he's just dealing with some fucking existential issues that mm-hmm. we can't even comprehend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cannot even wrap our fucking minds around. A basement hotel in like Lisbon, just like strung out on heroin. It's, there's no in between. <laughs> just trying to find where am I going to find ten thousand pounds of fava beans? Mm-hmm. That guy needs them now. I told. Why did I tell him I could get them? Hector screwed me again with the fava beans. Oh, oh, guess I have to do a Star Wars movie. God, I never should have fucked that fava man's wife. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> would you say that your favorite Joan Didion essay is The Fava Man's Wife? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I it that really was extraordinary. sort of presupposed the postmodernist condition, I think. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Right? We can all agree on that. I got that off Michael Sarah's stoop. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi had written his name in the inside cover. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of notes in the margins. <laughs> yeah. He had crossed out Laura Linney and written in Steve Buscemi. It was him and Willem Dafoe off, off, off Broadway. Like way off, like off the off, off, yeah. off. Just in a porno theater showing off their cranks. <laughs> yeah, like two blocks from Broadway. <laughs> Is this Waiting for Godot? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. There's a lot of crank in yeah. this Godot. 
Yeah, it's not not waiting for Godot. I mean, it's gorgeous cranks. You can't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Defoe's crank is like top. This ain't waiting for Godot. An XXX parody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the third off Broadway play that Defoe showed his dick in. Like the third. All one. right, we get it, man. <laughs> it's just Willem Defoe fucking the ever loving shit out of Zero Mustel. <laughs> yeah. It's like how long is it? Forty five minutes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I drove in from Long Island for this. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Jordan, did you see? Did you see that incredible Kratz last porno tape? That was spectacular. It was a great bit of okay. Theater of the absurd is the topic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rhinoceros is about a guy with a dick in his forehead or something. I don't know. Probably. INS crew. Is that anything? Maybe. Eh, not quite. Probably not quite. Not enough to have said it, but you know, what is a podcast if not saying words? It's out there now. Daniel Zafrin, our producer on the program, Brian Sanidi Fernandez, our producer emeritus, our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We're on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. If Twitter still exists and you're still on it, it's Twitter.com slash Jordan Jesse Go for dank memes and sexy Kermits. We are on Facebook, which is definitely a moral place, at facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. Look, I don't know. Just just go to rec.sport.jordanjessego on Usenet. I don't know what's left. Get on our Google Groups server. Put us on your top eight on MySpace. I don't know. List serve it. List serve it. You know what? Get off the internet. Stop listening to podcasts. Find us in the penny saver. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get rid of an exercise bike. <laughs> and some golden retriever puppies. We'll give you five bucks and then you have to listen to this episode before we take it. That's the deal. That's the deal. Take it or leave it. Stolen puppies, 20 bucks. We'll trade for hamsters. <laughs> My snake is hungry. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.